Stand up and get ready to take a blow. You have the confidence that you can accept the blow. As a point of interest, none of my men wear protection in ruin. None. After all, you wouldn't want your attacker to get injured. That hurt my foot. Difficult game. Uh, we knew it. Uh, it's gonna be a difficult. Uh, from now on, uh, every game is gonna be a, a final for every team. Uh, and you could see it right today. Both teams that wanted to win, uh, quality, a lot of uh, energy, and uh, moments. And then uh, we had our moments. And when you have your moments, you have to score. And we had the moments, the chances, and we didn't score. And this is why uh, we couldn't win the game. And uh, they had also their moments. They scored a tie. And after that, what I like from the team is the response. I think we had a, a great response. I think the guys that came from the from the bench uh, and the solutions, they help us a lot uh, to speed it up, the game, to play with more, more urgency. Um, and then uh, and it was just unlucky that we didn't uh, score the, the second goal at the end. Welcome. Welcome to the show, everybody. Big D After Dark. That was just uh, Coach Nico, head coach of FC Dallas, Nico Estevez, in his post-game comments after a 1-1 draw at home against Real Salt Lake. We're here to break that down and other news and, of course, to take your comments and questions for those of you joining us live one hour earlier than we normally do because schedules and live changes. We'll, we'll talk about that maybe a little later in the show. But welcome, everybody. My name is Nathan Hill. I'm, I'm the host of this here shindig, and you can follow me at, at Nathan J. Hill on Twitter. There in the middle with us again is our buddy Tommy LaBeouf at Tom underscore FC Dallas. Nice guitar in the background. And, and rocking a, a, a guitar shirt already, I see. Yeah, <laughs> man. Yeah. All right. Nice. Wait till you, wait till I pull out my my USA jersey that I got. I got the uh, the the old uh, is it the '84 jersey, the ugly one with the stars. Yeah. I got I got one like that with Pulisic on the back. It's gonna be cool. That's the greatest jersey ever made. I'm excited for it. All right, nice. And and there on the end is, is our buddy Jose Carmona at El Chico Carmona on Twitter. What's up, everybody? Just want to say uh, happy birthday to my youngest daughter, Mindy. All right, and oh, our buddy Kuv is already watching. Thanks, Kuv, for joining in. Please know you can send in your comments, your questions, whether you're watching on Facebook or or, or YouTube, um, and and give us your reactions to this game. I mean, so uh, we we talked about it last week. We are willing to take that sort of roller coaster week with a big win, uh, two wins on the road. Um, uh, sorry, two two wins at home, then the big loss on the road. Um, and, uh, a tough loss on the road against Nashville. But you, you, maybe you say, hey, they got through a three-game three week. They're going to rest up. They're going to be ready for home. 
And and for the first six minutes, seven minutes or so, it looked spectacular. Alan Velasco with a great, well-earned goal. Just a clutch moment. The team seemed to be mostly in control in that first half. In the second half, RSL was able to get the tying goal on a, uh, a cross and a header. Tough moment, and the team just couldn't quite respond and get that go-ahead goal to get three points at home. So, a disappointing result. So, let's just talk about that, especially in the context of the playoff race. Now, in relation to where Real Salt Lake is behind FC Dallas, is it the end of the world? No. RSL is still behind FC Dallas. But uh, FC Dallas has fewer games ahead of them, and I think RSL and Minnesota have a game in hand still. Is that correct, Jose? Yes, that's correct. And so and, and, there's not much wiggle room for FC Dallas to give up points. Yeah, and and a, a draw at home. I mean, that's against a, a team that's chasing them and has, you know, games in hand. It's just, it hurts. I mean, that's that's... You're looking at at uh, four points, you know, that that were basically lost. If you think about it, it's a six-point swing, and and sure they didn't lose, but I mean, of all the points that you don't want to drop, it's the ones at home. Yeah, I mean, the, we we know these. We we've ta- been talking about these home games are vital for every three points uh, going forward as. As everybody hooks their points out, um, and so a disappointing, especially when you wanted to see the team really put that Nashville game in the rear view window. But there were signs of of I, I mean, for me, I think it's a disappointing result. I, I'm just not happy with it. I, I I understand. I'm willing to take it if uh, you know it was a hard fought match. But I just don't think I, I thought we didn't see the best of this team on, on Saturday. Um, I, I thought the team played decently in spots, looked very dangerous, but RSL, you know, pretty much bottled FC Dallas up, prevented uh, some things. When FC Dallas starts taking shots from way far out, uh, it's not playing into our strengths. The, the uh, Costa special? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that was the Costa here, too. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me, what were your thoughts about the match? Uh, you know, I, I, I think the, the let's start off with the positive is Velasco. I mean, uh, just uh, I said uh, earlier in texting is that on, on Twitter is that his defense has just gotten really, really good this year. Uh, he, we've seen him improve. Like, we've seen him, like, you know, you have a kid, you see them take baby steps, and then you, you take one step, and then, then they're walking really fast. In the same sense, we've seen that with Velasco. I mean, uh, his game, he's, adapt, he's adapting his game to this league. And, you know, uh, it, listen to other, other shows, it, it brought to light that, you know, he's not really trying to take defenders on one-on-one, but he's also beating defenders one-on-one. He's, he's, he's really perfected that little cut move to the right to go inside. And um, he's just been, uh, you know, really, really good with his passing uh, precise passing in the midfield. He, you know, he plays on the wing, but when we get the ball and we're attacking, he kind of comes into the middle at times, and he's kind of a link between him and, and whoever is, you know, Jesus or whatever. But uh, his defense has been really, really good. And, and I mean, and I know he had that kind of like 
boneheaded play where he fouled and they had the free kick earlier in the year, being a little too aggressive in the wrong spots. But I liked what I saw from Velasco as far as defense. He had a technical foul that he tactical foul, I should say, um, when they had mm-hmm. numbers on transitions. And uh, I thought the positive was Velasco. And uh, you know, I, I thought Jesus had a good game. The game was kind of wide open in the second half. And one thing that was kind of, kind of like the same story again is we've seen the blueprint to how to, to play FC Dallas. And what's the blueprint that I've seen that's been successful by other teams is that you wait to the second half, you bring two players on, and then the next thing you know, you got the, the momentum. You know, those two, two, two guys came on, and, and, you know, they asked Nico after the game, you know, why didn't you adjust? And he's like, well, we didn't, we didn't adjust. We, we, you know, we just had to defend better, but we were tired. <laughs> when we say adjust, I mean, that's, that's an adjustment is bringing on someone in the back end to play, you know, maybe Tafari. Uh, I get that coach Nico doesn't have the biggest roster. You know, he's, he's really got bare minimum. And, you know, he's choosing who to play because he wants to win. And he really doesn't have a lot of people to go through from the bench, especially in the back line. And his back, you know, Hedges, we love Hedges, but Hedges is very old. Um, Martinez is very slow, even though he's very technical good, but pace beats him, right? But right before the, the show, I looked at the, the first goal from Velasco, and it, the defender kind of left him unmarked, and, and the ball kind of came over to the weak side, and he had a you know great shot. I mean, he didn't have to kill it. He just had to get it on target, and, and it scored. That's, that's also what you know Velasco brings to the table. But similarly, at the end of the game, Martinez kind of lost his focus on the defender. I, I pointed that out on Twitter is that, you know, the guy came in and, and Martinez really didn't follow the guy and kind of let him get into the to the box, a lot of space. And, and when the ball came in, Martinez was so far away, he couldn't even jump to make the play on the ball. So, I mean, this is kind of the same story on the team that, you know, uh, we always have a weak link that's killing us or a weak play mm-hmm. that maybe if we had a better player that, you know, I, I, I'm – Hate to blame it all on, on Martinez, but it is kind of is what it is, right? I mean, <laughs> I can't disagree with Tommy there. Uh, I think it's a tale of two halves. First, I want to say uh, that I have to agree with Velasco and, and, and his his goal. It, it just and 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 him beating guys off a dribble and whatnot. That just has comes down to him gaining better understanding of what where he needs to be and most importantly where his teammates are yes you're seeing him take on players but now you're seeing him uh not you know faking like he's going to take on them and then passing to his men because now he knows where they're going to be i think where before he had no clue where his teammates were going to be so he was trying to force the the one-on-ones now you're seeing him uh fake you know fake players out take them take them on or simply passed away, and and his positioning has been just fantastic. I mean, he had quite a few uh, interceptions where he was just placed beautifully, you know, to 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 take the ball away. And it's a shame that the team could not, you know, turn those into anything. But there were several several plays where I'm like, man, he was just a ball hawk out there, and 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 his tactical foul that just goes to show that he understands that that needed that foul needed to happen so nobody when that foul happened nobody said oh that's horrible everyone said yeah that that was mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that was the right move 
and and that's what we're seeing now. We're seeing a talented player who's getting it, and and now that he's getting it, and you'll see the game start slowing down for him. And and uh, I mean, if this is just his first year, I mean, you gotta you gotta think that that you know we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg is, is what we're hoping on. I also want to do a quick shout out for my man Cereal, who everybody was crapping on midweek. And I thought he had a good game, a, a good rebound game. Not that he had a great game, but for a player who gets, you know, who, who basically uh, looks really horrible midweek and then has to come out and start because there is nobody else that can start but him to come back and, and play a solid match. Yeah. You know, I, Folks I are think much quieter about him. Yeah. From a young player. Yeah. From a young player, that's what you want to see. You want to see him rebound, and, and I was very happy with that. Uh, so, yeah, just it's the same thing that's that's been plaguing FC Dallas all, all season long, and that's the inability to get a second goal after they score. And, mm-hmm. and, and this just team just – I'm not sure that we have an answer for that. I mean, it, it's – when it comes down to the end of the match, Nico just doesn't have enough depth – and, and it's not that he doesn't have talented players. It's just that you have to remember that some of these players are injured or coming off of injuries. The, you know, the more talented ones, Cervania, mm-hmm. uh, Siki, uh, who else was, uh, Quinone. These guys are all coming off of injuries and are definitely less than 100% or at least out of form. So he's forced to play them and know that, hey, they're probably not optimal and, and they're not going to be up to speed. And and that's what happened is 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 when Dallas needed to to answer. How are you going to answer? You know. Mm-hmm. So and that's hurting them. And and but you know you you got to see. I'm happy to see Serena out there. I'm happy to see Kenyon out there because we'll have to take that loss of points now and hopefully they'll get up to speed and and be there at the end of the season when we every point is you know a must. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think fans should not be happy with this result. But I think it does – it just points again that this is a – we give Nico some slack here because he just – he has what what tools he has to work with, and uh, uh, he has limitations. Uh, he has limitations from what he can pull on um, to, to play and to get out of these guys. And actually, like, Obreon for once uh, kind of looked okay off the bench. Uh, Obreon was at least dangerous, getting in some opportunities to try to – try to generate an attack, a goal, a chance on goal. He really probably should have scored there. Uh, um, uh, it just uh, So we saw some some things as usual. Sometimes it's not just about what we have on the bench, but if the guys on the bench would just perform to their capability, this team could could do a little bit more in these critical moments. But And I'm also with Tom, Tommy, just like I think if – if, if as a head coach you're beating your head against the wall, you're wanting more out of your guys, and they just are never quite getting it, then it's it's time to yeah shuffle the deck. It's time to to look for some fresh talent to get in there to help provide some answers because uh, it, it's just tough. It's it's, it's a it, and every other team is is on the move in the same way, always trying to look look to get better. And so uh, yeah, so so when progress. The game, when the game ended, I, I mean, I was disappointed in the tie. Yeah. But, you know, compared to last year, if you, you know, remember where we were last year, how bad it was last year. Nico has, has gone along. I mean, the team has come around to being, you know, um, they're not 
<laughs> you froze, my man. So let let me pick it up while what's going on. Uh, I want to say that that Obreon coming in, uh, he should have come in earlier. I mean, uh, he, he is what he is, and and I think on one hand, bringing in Obreon late shows that the team is going trying to get that goal because let's face it, he is a defensive liability, and you bring him on when you're hunting for that goal. And that's why he was brought on. And and I hate to say it, but we really missed Hara in this match mm-hmm. because he's the player you would have wanted at the end. As slow as he is and as little time as he can give you, he can give you some those last 10, 10 to 20 minutes. He can go hard and strong. And they missed that. That's what they needed. And, and we we're all like, hey, Hara doesn't get to play. Say what you will about Hara, but he is a quality option off the bench when you're looking to get up for that, that goal in the last, you know, yeah. in the minutes of the game. He's a guy that's going to battle. He's a guy that's going to do a lot of gritty stuff out there. We'll all complain about him, but we really missed him in this game, and it showed. And um, I think we're all rolling our eyes when Nanu came on. But, uh, I mean... Masi, he's played a lot, and and you know, it's unavoidable uh, that with as many games as this this team has played, Tomasi is a young player, and, and he he needs to rest. You know, they can't run him out there ninety plus minutes all the time. So, but you know, I, I wish O'Brien would have come out there earlier. That that was my complaint is when Real Salt Lake made their made their uh, brought in their two players. I'm one of those guys who are saying, hey, I don't like that Nico didn't respond and didn't adjust. And again, we've seen this before. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, we've seen this before where he doesn't make adjustments until after we concede the goal, and by then it's too late. And, and yeah, I thought Safari... I mean, Safari should have come on. I, was, I, I think I got lost when we were... Um, Disconnecting when we're talking, you're, but you froze. You froze there, so you yeah. Were like, yeah. I was going to say is that you know, based on last year, you know, you got to be somewhat happy with what we've done so far. We're, I mean, where the team is in the top of the standings right now, not at the mm-hmm. top, but near the top, and they've overachieved. I think for the for because of the coaching, the roster, and the way he's played the players, the best players. But as I thought earlier in the year, you keep on playing the same players. They're going to get tired at the end of the year. They're going to get hurt if you don't have a full roster. You know. Yes, yeah. but but let's keep it in context. Where they overachieved to this point, they still haven't locked in the playoff spot. So they haven't actually overachieved officially until they clinch that playoff spot. I think they're ahead where, of where of where where we all thought they would be. You know, even even the grimmest of of FCD fans have to admit that. But every game going forward is going to be a playoff game in all honesty every single match from here on out every loss will hurt and will you know yeah even i don't want this team to enter in seventh place or sixth place i want i want to i want a top four that's that's what this team has a damn well good shot to do and and i'd like to at least see them you know perform to where they have to be beaten to that spot as opposed to them 
being knocked out of that spot. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know, I, I won't be upset if, if they don't get four spot because they got beat on a tiebreaker or something like that. I'm, I, I can live with that. Well, the question is, do they have a chance to beat LAFC at LAFC? I mean, did you see LAFC lose to Austin? If Austin can do that to yeah, them, Mike. It's Major League well, Soccer. Okay. You know, you just never know. I mean, right. do, do you want to bet on it? I don't know, you know. Uh, so, um, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We all, we all heard about the LFC match and, and, and whatnot. But, you know, it it's playing tough. It's on the road. It's going to be tough. And and uh, I'm more concerned. I think they can beat the LFC. I'm more concerned that what happened to in our, against RSL happens against the LFC. I'm more concerned that FC Dallas goes up. And then squanders away a lead and and hence settle with a draw at home. That's my concern because so I think I think FC Dallas can beat LFC at home, but well, the, I can't guarantee yeah. it. The other question, uh, my season ticket holder who I've sat next to me for years has brought up a point: Has FC Dallas been really good this year, or has the competition been not as good? That's that's a well, good question. I but I I'm and I'm clear. I, I think Major League Soccer has never been better. I mean, I think just the the talent. I I used to remember watching, and and I would say about six or seven of the teams like, man, I wish we had, you know, one of those guys. That would be great. But I think every just about every team has a guy or two that I think, man, this is a good player, and there's some good homegrown players mixed in, some good domestic players. Uh, that are all so so i do think i mean you know san jose i'm not going to say that they're loaded with talent but hey send us kate cowell <laughs> kate cowell would be fine to develop here you know but yeah but you look at a guy like jerusi that austin got um you look uh you know even the way colorado has built a pretty strong roster even though they're not so great this year uh, you know seattle and portland mm -hmm. are having down years but there's still teams that right can wipe you off the field on any given day. So I think it has become more. And even look at Vancouver, like, and I thought I have, you know, Vancouver's doing some excellent signings and trades. So it's just getting more and more competitive as teams get smarter. And I think we, FC Dallas has been part of that. I, I, I think like that. I FC Dallas has been the better team versus often. I think both games, I thought FC Dallas was way the better team than often. And, and so uh, I want to meet them in the playoffs. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's about the matchups. You know, FC Dallas just matches up well against certain teams. I mean, look at when they played the LA Galaxy. You know, they they a team that wasn't going to bunker against them. You know, FC Dallas made them paid for that. Made them pay for that. So right. But I, just, is, yeah. I just think I just think that MLS has improved. Uh, I mean, if you're an outsider, you're like it's still MLS. But for people that have been following MLS all these years. I like to say that they're past the NBA, the NBA style team where, where in the NBA, if you've got three really good players on your team, you're title contenders, you know, and, and that's kind of how MLS with the three, uh, you know, DP rule, you'd have teams that have two really good players and then an average team or three, you know, the better teams had three uh, really good players. And then the ones that have a solid, a solid, team built around those three players would be the better teams. But now, you know, since Tam got introduced, now you've got teams that have, you know, look at LAFC. How are they got, they, they've got like six DP players on that, on, on that roster. And I have no clue how they're doing it, but I'm sure a lot of teams are take notes and, 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 and say, 
whatever they're doing, we need to re- do that. Yeah. And I'll, honestly, FC Dallas has like nine players that could technically qualify as DPs, but they're all bought down. So, yeah. so I mean, I'm just saying the just the roster builds are better than they used to be, and and that has a lot to do with with the academy teams. Uh, yeah, San Jose. Uh, that has to do with the academy teams pumping out more talent. That has to do with the reserve league that everybody hates, but it's a necessity. That you know, uh, it's just American soccer is growing, and as those lower league teams, USL. Nisa, MLS Mix Pro, as they start pumping out more American talent and start filling in those fringe players for MLS, you'll see that lower the, the guys that right now they can't get in the field when they get in the field to be better. So I think that's a hold. In the beginning, uh, just not too long ago, I mean, the biggest thing for, for MLS was the you know the big player coming in town, whether it was David Beckham and, and the Nobodies or... And, and that's so still and so. there. It is still there, but... The biggest change, and I think Texas is, is leading the way with the, with the interstate, you know, with the, the st- in-state rivalries with now Austin being in here, Houston. I mean, that has done wonders for the league. I mean, we have a lot of people coming to the games now when Austin plays from out of town to watch, and it's going to eventually, you know, we're going to go there. And if other states follow that suit, you know, it's just going to grow and grow. It's kind of like, it's not quite like the relegation and promotion, which brings another dramatic part to the game, which I wish we did have. But, you know, like the Oklahoma-Texas rivalry, having half stadium, I can see that happening one day very soon. Half Austin, half Dallas, and, especially if the roster and while continues you're saying to... That, and while you're saying that, I'm just saying that simply validates why MLS keeps expanding. The U.S. Yeah. is just a massive yeah. country, and and... The, to think that this that you know it should only have thirty professional teams at the highest level, that's ridiculous. No, it's more. just a massive country and states, certain states, Texas. I mean, Texas. All could, cities. All cities Texas, should have them. Just Texas yeah. could have four. Has four cities capable of hosting an MLS team. California has more than that. You yes. Know? And the East Coast. I'm just saying it, it's not not to diverge, but I'm just saying. You're seeing the reward in Texas. Three MLS teams. It just stokes the fire of you know we hate Houston, Absolutely. we hate Austin, they hate us. That's yeah. great for the league. It's like in England, right? Every every city has a team, and they're they're within travel distance, and that's why the EPL is so great because it's because of that. And I agree with you. They should just keep on expanding, expanding. Every city should have a team. <laughs> you know. Well, well, hey, let me hit a couple of questions from the comments that we didn't get back to. This okay, is one from to, our buddy Hoach here. He says, Paul says it seems to have dipped in his final third productivity. He can't, seem, can't see him impressing enough to make the USMNT the national team. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, you know, I am i wouldn't say he has dipped. He hasn't certainly gotten the goals or assists lately. Um, but, but I do think teams are, you know, are certainly – trying to limit his capability and some of these past few games have just had situations where you know it wasn't ideal for him uh to be successful i mean he is he works much better with jesus up there uh, and and with game states i think that can you know i don't know he can he can just wreck havoc um and so i don't know like but but yeah i was a little disappointing was hoping for more from him on uh saturday uh do you guys think he should be concerned about his 
men's national team for? Uh, I think he's on the edge. Uh, I don't know that, you know, he's got a lot of good players in front of him. Uh, it, it hasn't helped that he's not scored a lot and missed the post and just been just a little off. But the guy gives a hundred, you know, 110%. His motor never stops. It depends what uh, Burkhalter needs. If he needs that kind of guy on the team, because, you know, he's going behind Aronson and Pulisic. Those guys are really tearing it up. Um, I love Paul uh, Ariola. Uh, you know, he's on the, he's on the friends. Yeah. It is what it is. I'm going to actually say that he's not on the fringe and I'm not concerned about his form for the USMT because every manager has to have those players that set the pace that knows what is expected of them to show other players what they have to achieve. And I'm, Paul is one of those players. He's one of those players for Verhalter where he basically, he's going to bring him in because he knows exactly who he's getting. He knows exactly what he can expect from him. And he's not going to be a starter, but you got to have those guys pushing everybody else and say, hey, you play better than Paul if you want to be a starter. Otherwise, I'll, I'm more than happy to start Paul because I know exactly what I'm going to get from him. Okay? And I'm just saying, I, I know the U.S. men's fanboys, they, they go crazy about basically anyone in MLS, you know. It's not about that. It's 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 every manager has standards, and a player may be tearing it up in another league, but if they can't walk onto the team and give the manager what he wants, it doesn't matter what he's doing somewhere else. So I think, I think Paul's fine. I think he'll be a player that'll be there, and he will have to be beaten out during, during actual U.S. men's competition, somebody's going to have to basically show up and force him off the off the team. Until that happens, I I don't think he's I don't think that's an issue. I think I I would say Legit is a player who who is on the fringe, uh, because I mean, is he going to bring three players from FC Dallas? Probably not. He'll probably bring two, at most. So you got Jesus, and then. He's going to bring either Paul or Legette. And I'm saying, I would say Legette is along the same things as Paul, but I think I think he's more in the fringe. But again, I can see Legette making it and not Paul. So I, I, it's more a numbers thing. I think uh, one of those <laughs> yeah, two numbers thing. And but injuries. I Legette, and injuries. But I think I mean, Legette came to Dallas because he saw it. He saw it. He said, hey, what's my best chance to, to, to get that World Cup if I'm not going to Europe? And it's come to Dallas. Yeah, that's, oh. that's Hoach's follow-up question. Just like, is this going to, you know, if, if Paul does make it, you know, Sebastian, get, you know, does that just increase Dallas's um, reputation Absolutely. among players? Absolutely. If, if three players from FC Dallas get invited to, to the World Cup and, 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 and make the roster, yeah, that's a big, big, basically spotlight on FC Dallas because, let's face it, Everybody already jokes. Everybody, everybody already jokes about all the Dallas players that all the players of Dallas has produced for the U.S. men's national team that don't play for Dallas. So we already have the reputation, and and having three players from Dallas, I'm not saying that will happen. I'm saying if for some reason it does happen, oh hell yeah, we're gonna have other other teams with an MLS, other players with an MLS that are on the fringe saying, hey, you know, I want to go to Dallas. And, and that's so, good. 
I was going to say is that, you know, you got Reyna, you got Aronson, you got Morris. It comes down to numbers. Definitely what's good for Areola is he's a team player, and he's got that camaraderie with Jesus Ferreira, who's going to start, in my opinion, at top. So I think he has a good chance to be in there, but it, it comes down to the numbers. It's not that he's not played bad. It's just, is he better than Jordan? Is he better than Reyna? Is he better than Aronson to take one of their spots? That, that's what I'm, I'm saying. Yeah, I, I understand. And I agree. But don't forget, there's also injuries. There's also things that are sure. unexpected. That's what I'm saying is as long as Ariel uh, is, is healthy and, and isn't in terrible form, he's got a shot. Because, yeah. like I said, he's in there because of his work rate, because of his teamwork, you know, leadership, things like that. The intangibles. He has the intangibles. Great that, team player. And that's what's going to get him on the roster, not the fact that he can – not the fact that he's going to be the best player or a starter. You need guys that are going to break their backs to help the team win and do all the little things that nobody else – is going to do and, and Paul yeah. is one of those guys another thing going for Paul Ariola is how many times do you see coach Nico take him off the game because he's tired he never comes off all right I mean the guy's got a motor that goes on forever and ever exactly exactly you know you when he you know he's going to come out there and, and he's going to go 100 miles an hour the whole time he's there and and I'm saying that's something you can't teach that's something that that endears you to managers in all honesty and so that's why his Jesus, everyone's like, oh, this guy, this player, this player, that player is the nine. He's just an MLS. He gives Berhalter exactly what Berhalter wants. And that's, at the end of the day, that's what the managers want their teams to perform the way they want to perform, regardless of the talent. And, and uh, you got somebody that's a more talented? Okay, fine. That doesn't mean they're start. Then maybe they come in. At the end, when you're trying to to you get you know get a winning goal or something, but consistency, consistency, consistency—that's what's going to get you out of the group stage. Yeah, and I, I love the idea of Paxton uh, on the United States men's national team. I think someday, but uh, and I think Paxton's been playing well. He's been having a solid season. Uh, he's been putting yes. more pieces together. I'm proud of him. Now he may go yeah. go off these next stretch run if he goes off and he has like two assists a goal and two assists per game like yeah let's start talking about it at that point that maybe well, it, it's, it's the fact that 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 he hasn't been with the u.s men's national team so he's had no yeah. chance to build a rapport or anything like that mm-hmm. and and so he's on the outside looking in we all think he's good enough but you know it comes down to numbers and and you know Paxson could very well be called to the U.S. Men's National Team next season. Mm-hmm. Probably not during the World Cup, though. Sad, sadly, yeah. sadly, I think he's a year away from being. The, yeah. yeah, I'm just saying. I think he's a year away. He'll be 100. percent He'll be, you know, firing all cylinders. But by then, the, he'll have missed the World Cup. Might be the strongest area on the U.S. team as the midfield with yeah, McKinsey. That's, that's the other thing. It's a, like you said. Yeah. It's a numbers game. It's it's so competitive and, and a whole bunch of guys are scoring now a bunch of strikers in our pool and but that's good I mean that's I think that's what you want mm-hmm. as a national team head coach you want to figure out you want to have a good challenge making that selection of, of final players but but I do agree I think uh, Burhalter has his guys uh, who work in his system and even if you're hot in your team but if you don't quite fit I mean it's you know he's not going to disrupt the whole system so it'll be 
a lot of questions, a lot of soccer to be playing, a lot, and, and who knows what, what's going to happen. But let, let's go ahead and shift on to a couple other topics here. And one of them, uh, our, our buddy Hoach here had a comment about. Let's start off with uh, announcement this week. Well, let's start with the Shun transfer. Speaking about roster building, it was finally made official that uh, that Shabal's Shun will be moving to MOL Fehervar FC, uh, back in top flight of Hungary ending um, his tenure with FC Dallas, a tenure that was marked with immense potential, flashes of, of, of beautiful soccer, but also um, lots of time away in international team duty. And ultimately, especially this season, very little time on the field as he just could not uh, convince Coach Nico that he was the right fit. Um, the rumor is that he, he just wasn't putting the effort in in practice. He came into preseason and the beginning of the season just a little lackadaisical, took a long time to get up to speed, and that just sort of put him behind the other players for long stretches of time. And then when we did get to see him in the Open Cup, um, he didn't exactly impress uh, impress us wildly. So, oh, just uh, uh, tough to see a talented player like that depart we don't we don't know what the fee was like it's, it probably includes some future options or the other i bet knowing fc dallas but uh, an end to this saga at least and maybe that will ease up some tension in the locker room if there were if there was any tension i guess what are you what thoughts tommy i know you've been a big shun I'll let Tom. Not, not really a big shun fan i just say that he he Based on the, the roster and, and not having a lot of players coming in, you know, with the rotation that Nico's using, and based on what we saw in previous years, it definitely seemed like this guy should have at least gotten some minutes in, in 2022. Now, uh, I do get that he went to Hungary, and maybe maybe that's the story. Maybe they didn't want him to go, and he went. And, and maybe maybe that's it, you know. Uh, it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of over now, so I think that you know, let's move on. Let's see what we get. But, yeah, I feel sorry for the guy. I mean, he spent a year, he wasted a year of his soccer program by not, not playing. Yeah, I think it's just been bit bad luck on his part. Uh, I, I believe he was a bit banged up early in the season, uh, wasn't really 100%. And then the fact that he wasn't getting playing time early – uh, his national team called him up basically to ensure that he would, you know, at least be getting minutes with them. And they continued to call him up repeatedly. And that actually ended up hurting him with this team. Uh, Nico is, is one of those managers and, and uh, so is uh, Kai in North Texas where they value your practice. They want to see you perform in practice. They want consistency. They want you balling out in practice. And if you do that, you'll play come uh, match day. And Shun wasn't doing that. He was he was missing a lot of time on international time or injuries and, and simply just could not get consistent practice. And when he was practicing, he wasn't practicing to the level that Nico wanted. And that's why he never really got on, on the field. And, and and let's not pretend that he's the only player who's a former starter that's not getting minutes. You see Manjoma is not really getting on the field. And he's and he's a guy who was competing with Tomasi for, for a starting job just last season. And Tafari, who played, what, 20 games last year, 
Tafari is isn't really getting on the field this year unless you know as as a as a third center back or because one of the other guys is injured. Uh, so that's what it comes down to is 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 it's just a different different philosophy, different system, and you have to show in practice that you're getting it, or Nico's not going to play you, and and that's. I don't have a problem with that. And I, I think we're all disappointed because as a U-22 initiative player, he's a player that was signed supposedly for multiple years as a development player that we would eventually sell. But clearly that wasn't going to happen under Nico. So so the team basically had to cut his losses. I, 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 like, I like Nico being particular about who he plays. I just want him to have more players like that on his bench that he likes, right? And, and if, if Nico is, is very particular, then why did we draft Barlow? Well, we drafted him, but that doesn't mean that, you know, draft picks Someone don't signed off pan out. He's a good player. Right? Draft, picks, draft picks doesn't don't always pan out, and somebody, not Nico, somebody had to convince Nico to draft him <laughs> and get him. <laughs> All right? And I'm just saying, it's not the same thing. Shun was already on the roster. Nico already knew what he was getting from sure. June. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rookie, and, safari. And, and Bartlett, I think, I think you're seeing the players that aren't getting minutes. Uh, I think they have to be worried about, you know, I think it's not going to happen. I think if it's a, a affordable cost to the team, like Siki, for example, Siki's costing great pickup. Yeah. You would not want to get rid of him, even if he's not a starter. Mm-hmm. But you're starting to see players like Roberts, Bartlett, Munjoma, they're going to have to weigh, hey, are they good enough to be on this roster? Or or is it, you know, are we paying them too much? I think Munjoma isn't getting paid too much, so I think he's safe. But Bartlett, we've seen uh, McCallum got traded away. Uh, uh, so I think that's what's going to happen with Bartlett. I'm not saying he's going to get caught. But I, I think Barlett gets either loaned out next year to a USL championship team or or, or he's traded to a team like Minnesota United who, who need another body. Uh, he's, he's, he's a guy that is an athlete, but not necessarily a player. And, and that's yeah that's what happened with Tafari. You know, we got Tafari and he was an athlete, not necessarily a player. And he's evolved into a solid player, not, not, not a must-start player. And that, I think that's what they were going for with Bartlett. So he's going to have to make like a gigantic leap leap in the offseason. Well, or, actually, or our, our, first pick, our first pick was Parker. So and Parker is Parker, fine. You, you Parker is fine. This year. He's, yeah, Parker's fine. Parker, Parker, remember, he's 19 years old, and he was always going to spend a full year with North Texas. He's a player who's performing fine in North Texas. He looks... Like he's starting to outgrow North Texas, and the question is, how much will he improve? It, there's no rush on him, and Farfan is playing so good that you next year you can afford to loan him out to a USL Championship team. So, so, uh, and he's a GA, so it's not like it's co- he's costing SC Dallas any money either. So Dallas can afford to take their time with him, especially since they hit a home run with Farfan. Well, um, Parker is also a midfield, a winger, right? So where is he playing no, right now? In, no, no, he's, in no he's, a, he's, a, he's a left back. He's converting he's to a left back. Okay. back. Yes, that's where he's playing. And and I'm just saying, that's different than when the Bartlett. Bartlett is a numbers game. 
you've already got four center backs ahead of him, and 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 you got Quinones uh, ahead of him right now, and and he's the fourth center back. So Barley's your fifth center back. I'm sorry, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked. Like I said, I expect him to be loaned out or or unless he makes like m- massive improvements, but. We don't know. We don't know how. It, they, I'm just saying they could go extreme. I mean, you never know. So I could say, hey, if they're not getting minutes, they're all gone. Roberts, Munchoma, El Metkehar. I mean, and would we all really be upset? No. Depends on who they bring in. We'd be like, wow, they're cleaning house. I think. I think I've seen enough talent in Munchoma now that he's a possibility to get better. I think he's got the the framework. It's just the touches and the mentality. And and that's what it's going to come down to. It's it's going to come down to Nico basically saying, yes, that guy can fit my system. No, that guy cannot fit my system. And and I wouldn't, like I said, it's next year. It's I think I think there's some players to here that are going to be earning their strikes for next year right now and during this run because the team's going to need their bench players to come through. Well, good. Well, let's let's jump over to uh, one more topic, um, which is also another announcement of FC Dallas of, of a friendly against Tigris, uh, September twenty fourth, five p.m. A midweek matchup. Uh, a lot of, well, actually, never mind. It's a, it is a Friday. It is a Saturday. Um, I, as I'm looking at my calendar wrong. Uh, a friendly it'll be fun but but it'll also be it'll be in the mix of this playoff push and so i think there is some conversation about um uh, you know our buddy ho here says you know it's right before playoffs seems like a play the kids take a big loss could hurt the image of the club wish it was after the season but it, on the other hand it could keep guys fit it uh you know uh it could, i think so i think yeah. you, you gotta remember that 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 our players like like Quinone and Cervania and Siki, they need minutes. They need minutes. You're asking, uh, and Tafari needs minutes, and Quinones needs minutes. Uh, you know, Nanu needs minutes. Jimmy, so so you've got guys that need minutes, and yeah, that's what this game for. This game for. I mean, I play football manager, and I, if I got a buy. I'm scheduling friendly and I'm playing all the guys that are out of form and that's what's going to happen. And, you know, it, I don't really care if they beat him or not. I'm more concerned with the fact that it's going to be like 99% Tigris fans out in the stands. And there's going to be like 20 FCD fans out there. <laughs> so yeah, well, I'm just exactly saying, that's my though, biggest you know, you concern. Thin, thin roster, let's play an extra game right before the playoffs of players that we really need to rest because we haven't rested them all year. So it's going to be the B team. It's got to be the B team with a, you know, cameo appearance from, you know, Jesus plays 10 minutes and comes out. I don't know. It just doesn't make much sense to have it that time of the year. Maybe, you know. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Uh, I'm not okay with, uh, I, there's some guys that I don't want to see in a game like Matt Hedges, you know, why would you play someone like him on there? Uh, So I think as long as our, the players we can't afford to have injured don't play at all or play maybe 10 minutes. I'm okay with it, Yeah. but it's good for everybody else. And, and honestly, like I said, it's a stay busy, stay in shape. Keep, you want the players focused too. You know, it's all about 
getting into class and, 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 you know, trying out some wrinkles. So I think it's good. And it's not like Tigers is going to be playing their, their top team either. So I think it'll be a solid, solid competitive game. Yeah. Be fun. Good marketing for SC Dallas. Get, get more fans in the stadium from across DFW and, you know, put on a little show maybe, you know. I say bring up a couple of North Texas kids and see how they perform against Tigers. I'd love to see a I want to say I went to the Leon game when FC Dallas played Leon many years ago. I'd, say, I'd like to see, you know, Parker get a shot, you know. I'd like to see, uh, yeah, I'd like to see some of North Texas, North Texas kids come up and, and practice with the first team. And, and play against Tigres. Why not? You're gonna, if you want to sign some of these guys, it'd be nice to see what they got. Yeah. Well, uh, I want to add, uh, since we're, I know you want to wrap it up here soon. North Texas has three games left. They're currently in fourth place. Uh, they play Minnesota United uh, two. And uh, honestly, this is a must win. And, and if not a must win, they got to get at least two points out of this. Uh, they're basically Minnesota. A win against Minnesota United eliminates Minnesota United from the playoffs. Uh, and also, I think San Jose is about six points back. With so with three matches with three matches left, a win against Minnesota United would pretty much lock North Texas into a playoff spot. Uh, and it's a must win, not because it's a must win because of their last two opponents. The last two opponents for North Texas are St. Louis mm. and Houston, two teams that they have yet to defeat. And 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 two teams that are going to play in the playoffs. So it's going to be tough, tough for North Texas to to you know, get three points against either of those two teams. Not that they can't get a draw or two points against them, but they could solidify their playoff, lock down their playoffs with a win against Minnesota United, and then worry about positioning with the next two games. It would be better for the team to do it that way as opposed to, you know, get no points against Minnesota United and then have to get a point against, uh, three points against uh, Houston or St. Louis. So, and that's what it's going to be, you know. I'd rather they beat Minnesota United and then play a vanilla-type game against playoff opponents, really. Yeah. It'll be a double header. It'll be a double header up there in Minnesota. So, uh, as, as FC Dallas plays at Minnesota in the afternoon, and then uh, North Texas plays Minnesota United two uh, later that evening. It's a winnable game, by the way, for North Texas. Minnesota United is a team that has struggled mightily when they have played North Texas. So it, it's definitely a, a point a team they can get at least two points against. Well, then let's let's close our, our thoughts with our predictions for this weekend and your, your hopes or your predictions. I don't know if you want to mix the two or what, but as FC Dallas goes to play at Minnesota United, the benefit of this schedule is that Minnesota will play um, Real Salt Lake, I think at Real Salt Lake on Wednesday, and then be home against FC Dallas on Saturday. So a huge week for Minnesota and their playoff aspirations. Um, huge week for Real Salt Lake as they try to stay in the playoff uh, hunt. And, and a huge week for FC Dallas. So that could... I've been pondering this over all week because it's like Minnesota could play, it, could play 
a little cat and mouse here, and they could go up and just bunker against Real Salt Lake and play a lot of rotated guys and just hope to come out, maybe scrounge out a draw. Um, and if they take a loss, they take a loss, but then bring their full, eight, you know, best 11 against FC Dallas at home. But I, So it'll be interesting to see what Minnesota does, but Minnesota may also consider this Real Salt Lake a good chance for them to get points um, and, and beat Real Salt Lake in their own house. And then if so, then we could face a rotated squad at home. But So it's going to be an interesting situation just to see how these teams line up. But uh, it, it's going to be a tough one. Minnesota's a tough place to play. I'm hoping for a 1-1 draw. I would be happy with that, uh, at least to keep uh, some positive results. But I would absolutely love like uh, for the game to be 1-1 into the 90th minute for Dallas just to get that clutch go-ahead goal. A Jesus Ferreira counterattack to get all steal all three points. Or maybe even zero one, you know, just the last gasp goal, you know. That's my hope. It's it's a game that that Dallas has a real chance to get a result from, be it a draw or three points. Because it's it's not that Minnesota's playing RSL, it's at, it's that they're playing in RSL at altitude and regardless of what kind of style they play there, it's going to be a taxing game for them. And you're going to have a tired team uh, playing, uh, even though they're at home, they'll be, I expect a sloppy game. I mean, Dallas doesn't always travel great. So, so yeah, it's a game where, where Dallas needs to grab a goal early, early, and then, you know, hold on. Hold on try to try to get three points or get out of there with one point. So, and in all honesty, I hope I hope they get a result because I think I would feel better about the RSL draw if if Dallas goes down there and gets a result against Minnesota. I think that would make up for dropping points at home. Yeah. It would be huge. Tommy? Well, you know, uh, FC Dallas has been, you know, different personalities. I mean, this year... You know, we're going to get the team that's not going to close out the game and make a minimal mistake or just give up or, you know, just have this fluke goal that they give up and, you know, they tie. I mean, how many times has that happened this year? I mean, I would say we're close to 10 times that we, you know, tied a game or lost a goal because of one silly play, right? Um, uh, we just went on the road and went to Nashville and lost 4-0. So I'm hoping the team will say, hey, look, this is not really us. We didn't have Jesus. You know, we're, we're not that team. And then also, you know, look at back then when they, Minnesota came over here and beat us 2-1 to one in our own house. So I'm interested to see what FC Dallas team is going to show up. Is it going to be the one that went to Orlando and beat them 3-1 to one on the road? Or is it going to be the one that showed up in Nashville or the one that, that's fluky? Or, you know, or the one that – I'm hoping it's the one that went to Orlando. Um, we'll see. Uh, I, I got a feeling that it's, you know – We'll, we'll do good, but uh, you know, it's, yeah. every week is different for this team. I yep. mean, let's let's. I just want to point out that Nashville went and crushed Vancouver three zero this past weekend, and uh, excellent think, point. Yeah, I think I think Philadelphia has murdered their last two teams they played after Dallas. I mean, I think they've they scored like seven, eight goals in, combined in those two matches, and and so I think. I think we'll get a good solid game. I don't think Minnesota. I think Minnesota is going to play this, the way we've seen teams play against Dallas, bunker, try to counter and, and catch them slipping. 
and 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 that'll be mostly because of tired legs, not because that's their preferred style. I mean, it, it'll be because you know they're gonna they're gonna want to salvage some energy. So I expect a very tight defensive back and forth. I wouldn't be shocked if it's a zero zero game in all honesty, provided that we don't have any you know slip ups on defense like we tend to have from time to time. Well, I definitely think we can win. I, I just you know we'll see what team shows up. Exactly. All right. Well, let's leave it there. Of course, we'll be uploading the audio to wherever you find podcasts. And please subscribe. Please help share the show and join us as we have fun. Thanks, everybody, for the the, the great comments. Hoach, the Coove. Uh, I think it was just you two guys. <laughs> That's all right. We missed a few others tonight. <laughs> but, hey, uh, new time. Uh, we, we will be kind of plugging that away. That Now at 8 p.m., uh, Central Time, a little less late uh, as we deal with work schedules, school schedules, and all that stuff. All right? So uh, we'll see you next Monday. All right. See you next all Monday, right. Good guys. night. Good night. Good night, guys.